Welcome to Holy Smoke, the Spectator's Religion podcast. I'm Damien Thompson. And the question I'm asking this week is, has Pope Francis thrown Joe Biden under the bus? Now, if I'm being honest, that's perhaps a bit sensationalist because I just love that American expression, throwing under the bus. But something really rather extraordinary did happen this week. On his flight back from Slovakia and Hungary on Wednesday, Pope Francis was asked about politicians who support abortion but receive communion. And he said, knowing perfectly well that it was a question about Joe Biden, those who are not in the community cannot receive communion. Out of the community, excommunicated, it's a harsh word, but they don't belong in the community because they weren't baptised or because they're estranged from it. Abortion is more than a problem, said the Pope. It's a homicide, no middle way. Whoever does an abortion kills. For the church to countenance legal abortion as morally acceptable would be for the church to accept daily homicide. Catholic politicians who champion legal protections for abortion don't present a theological problem to be addressed, the Pope explained, because the theology is simple. And he then went on to talk rather less simply and rather less clearly about how pastors need to accompany people who are outside the church by virtue of their support for or participation in abortion. But there was no mention in what he said that they should be allowed to receive communion. Indeed, absolutely nothing he said implied that he, as Pope, was happy for the second Catholic President of the United States, Joe Biden, to receive Holy Communion every week, as he does with the support of his bishop, Cardinal Walton Gregory, who's one of those very partisan, democratic-supporting bishops, led by Cardinal Supich of Chicago, who seemed terrified by the prospect of President Biden being denied communion, lest it give moral support to Catholic conservatives or Republicans. I'm not sure which group they hate more. But in any case, there's a pretty substantial overlap. Anyway, that's enough from me. I think it's time for what they call an explainer. We're going to hear from the editor of The Pillar, for my money far and away the most authoritative guide to Catholic politics in the English-speaking world. And he is, of course, our old friend, Ed Condon, who, in addition to editing this publication, is a canon lawyer, as is his editor-in-chief, J.D. Flynn. Ed, it's time to lead us through this minefield. Well, Pope Francis made one of his infrequent but signature in-flight spontaneous press conferences during which he was asked by the English-speaking reporters about uh, abortion and politicians who receive communion and support abortion. And he addressed it in a, I, I would say, characteristically Francis way. He he dipped in and out of subjects and um, unwove things together and was clearly speaking off the cuff, which often provides some of the more striking and, and I'd say, arguably clear moments uh, in, in the Pope's teaching office, that sometimes when he's not thinking things through too laboriously, when he's speaking from the heart or off the cuff, if you prefer, uh, we get a real glimpse of um, of how he views matters. And he's certainly been no stranger to speaking forthrightly on abortion uh, before. He's compared it to uh, Nazi eugenics with white gloves, and he repeated today his uh, his line on abortion being the hiring of a hitman to solve a problem. And he said that, um, and there's a quote from him, he said, it's a homicide, there's no middle term. Whoever does an abortion kills. Uh, He said that the church cannot and never will accept the reality of legal protections for abortion because to do so would be, in his words, to accept daily homicide. He he called also the, the entire situation around 
uh, Catholics who support or participate in abortions, uh, he said it was it was not a, a theological problem. He said that the case was simple, was the word he used. Uh, and he also then started talking about people who are, if you can believe it, excommunicated, uh, which is not a word that I think we hear Pope Francis use all that often or ever imagine that we would hear Pope Francis use. But he said um, he started talking about people who are outside of the of the community of the church and cannot receive communion. He said those who are not in the community cannot receive communion. Um, outside of the community, excommunicated is what he said. He called it a harsh word. But they don't belong in the community because uh, they are estranged from it. And I, I think this is, you know, he was asked this in the context of abortion, communion and politicians and things. Um, and, and it doesn't seem to leave a whole lot of room for misinterpretation, although, as is always the case when the Pope says something that's at odds with uh, the sort of wider secular popular uh, image of Pope Francis as, as someone who, who dispenses with Catholic doctrine whenever possible, that they probably will try and misrepresent this or at least turn a blind eye to it. But he's been very clear that there is no middle ground in the church on abortion, that if you're in favor of abortion, you it seems to be that the Pope is saying you are outside of the community. Uh, and this is, this is, of course, a very sensitive subject for the church in the United States at the moment, where the bishops have been all year since Inauguration Day back in January, locked in a in a struggle amongst themselves, a, a conversation that has been um, sometimes uh, very fraternal, sometimes uh, very public, sometimes very private, sometimes it seems quite fractious. But they've very much been talking amongst themselves about what to do with a politician, a president, who styles himself as a practicing and even according to his secretary, a quote-unquote devout Catholic, yet at the same time uh, has made it clear that protecting abortion rights and even expanding abortion rights in the United States is something that he considers to be something of a signature policy. And of course, it's not just a legal question with Joe Biden. It touches on belief. Now, in his decades-long uh, political career, Joe Biden has had something of an evolution that, you know, in, in the first decades of his career, he was, you know, he originally said that he thought Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court decision that created uh, legal abortion in the United States, had gone too far. Um, he, he then sort of moved to a, a sort of classically uh, Democrat party position for Catholics. Um, I say classical, it's now sort of an anachronism almost, uh, of saying that he was personally opposed to abortion. Um, and he even said as recently as 2012 in a vice presidential debate that he believed the church's teaching as a day fide teaching that abortion was wrong. It was the ending of an innocent human life, that life began at conception, but he was not prepared to impose his Catholic beliefs, as it were, on other people. Now, the church has always taught that this isn't a question of Catholic theology. This is a simple question of human rights and um, basic biology, that human life does begin at conception and all human life is sacred. But uh, Biden has now, in the wake of a, a state law passed in Texas, come out as uh, as even rejecting this particular church teaching. He gave a press conference recently in which he promised a, a whole-of-government effort to overturn this Texas law and said that while he understood that some people believe that life begins at conception, he disagrees. And this has put the bishops of the United States in a very tricky position because, on the one hand, they have the nation's, indeed probably the world's most famous Catholic layman, uh, openly opposing the church's teaching on an issue of fundamental morality and at the same time turning up for mass uh, with half of the White House press corps in tow every Sunday to to very publicly practice as a as a Catholic in the parish setting and this is this has really put the bishops in a 
a tricky situation is they decide, well, what are they supposed to do about this? Now you've had on, on some hands, you've had Catholics saying, well, the president, like all Catholic politicians who, who would openly promote and support abortion in the United States and legal protections for abortion in the United States have violated the moral law of the church and that the church has very clear rules. Canon law has very clear rules that when a Catholic is in what the law calls a, a, a state of manifest grave sin and an obstinate one at that, that they are not to be admitted to to communion, that they cannot receive communion, not as a, a punishment. Um, you know, it's not a question of saying, you know, you, you, you this is a penalty imposed, but this is meant to be a medicinal remedy for Catholics like this, because, of course, the church teaches that if you are receiving communion in a state of grave sin, you're doing further grave spiritual harm to yourself. So it's, if you like, a, a sort of preventative measure there. But other Catholics, and indeed many bishops have said this would be to weaponize the Eucharist, would be to weaponize the sacraments of the faith in a political context. And so how to respond to this phenomena of a very public, very prominent pro-abortion Catholic politician has been plaguing the U.S. bishops. And they've had a, a number of sessions going back and forth about this during their meeting in June. We know they're going to have, um, I'd say, an even more extended and in-depth conversation stroke debate, stroke fight, we'll see, uh, their next meeting in November when they'll be debating a document on the Eucharist, what is broadly speaking supposed to be a teaching document on the Eucharist, but very famously among uh, for the church in the United States will contain a sort of third section on suitability and presumably will address this thorny issue of Catholic politicians in a state of uh, opposition to church teaching. So how they're going to respond in the wake of the Pope's intervention remains to be seen, but this is certainly going to play into that conversation that, you know, the Pope has said that there's, he called for a pastoral response. He, and, you know, we should, we should make it clear here that Pope Francis you know, had said he's not addressing any specific case and specifically not any specific American case because he didn't know the details and that's right and prudent. Um, I, I don't think it would have been particularly helpful for Pope Francis to weigh in on the details of um, the state of a, uh, of a Catholic head of state if he wasn't intimately familiar with it. But again, even this, the general principles that the Pope outlined didn't seem to leave much room for misinterpretation if you, if you read them as a whole and not in sort of, you know, selected cherry-picked sound bites. And so what's going to happen amongst the U.S. bishops remains to be seen, but we've already seen um, the sort of two different styles very much lived. On the one hand, you have bishops like uh, Bishop Thomas Brokocki of the Diocese of Springfield, who has in the past publicly announced that he's had to formally prohibit um, local Catholic politicians from receiving communion over issues like this. And he's he said that he did this in a, a as part of a pastoral process, that it wasn't a question of he was declaring them sort of juridically guilty of something and imposing a sentence on them, but that it was part of a pastoral dialogue he was having with them as their bishop, and that he'd spoken to them, he'd written to them, he'd made very clear the church's position and the reasons why he was making this decision and everything. And then you've had other bishops, most notably Cardinals Wilton Gregory of Washington, who was, of course, Biden's local bishop, uh, and Cardinal Timothy Dolan of New York, who've said that, look, they, they don't ever want to think about the idea of formally denying a politician access to communion in, in one of their parishes, because this would be, according to Cardinal Gregory, like having a loaded gun on the table to have this threat. He said it would be like having a loaded gun on his table with conversations with basically a Catholic in his diocese, and he doesn't want that kind of implied confrontation there. 
Cardinal Dolan has spoken about how um, some Catholic politicians in the United States seem to court the condemnation of the church and has said that mm-hmm. to do things like this, uh, he said this in the context of former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo, saying that you know they, they would like nothing more than to be able to sort of wear the badge of excommunication as a sort of you know medal of honor for the pro-abortion cause. And so you have these bishops who said this is not the, the way they want to address this in the past. But of course, now the Pope has said that there seems to be an unavoidable, even simple theological reality here that the bishops are going to have to deal with. A lot of people have called in the United States and, and said they would like to see a sort of national policy, a national response from you know the bishops' conference and things. But of course, a Catholic bishops' conference has very limited scope for, for enacting national policies. And how a bishop chooses to deal with questions like the one raised by the example of Joe Biden and abortion and communion is down to the bishop of the diocese where he is or where he's living. And in this case, that's Cardinal Gregory. Now, Cardinal Gregory has said in recent weeks that the president is not demonstrating Catholic teaching in his uh, in his abortion stance. That was the, the phrase he used. And he's, you know, he's made it clear that he, he sees himself as a, as a pastor to the president, that he's, you know, one of his flock and doesn't want to treat him as a sort of hostile rival power or anything like that. And I think that's good and right. But of course, you know, when the Pope said, what should a pastor do in a situation like that? Is he said, he shouldn't go around condemning. He must be a pastor, even to those who are excommunicated. And so um, be with them with closeness and compassion and tenderness. Um, But the Pope said, those who are not in the community cannot take communion because they are out of the community. It's not a punishment. Communion is linked to the community. This is what the Pope said. And, and so how that's going to square with Cardinal Gregory's preferred turning of a blind eye to the contradiction of the president's public example, uh, both as a, as a sort of mass attending Catholic and as a, as a very aggressive pro-abortion head of the executive remains to be seen. But it, 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 I think it really throws a, throws a different light on, on the strategy that's been employed so far. That What the Pope has said is, you know, you shouldn't go around condemning people. And I think a lot of bishops, if not all the bishops, will say that they understand and agree with that. But of course, being pastoral and not running around condemning people doesn't mean that a bishop shouldn't, when necessary, apply the teachings of the church, even to a prominent Catholic. That it's perfectly possible to be pastoral and say, well, it's not right, for example, for the bishop to refer to a prominent Catholic politician as excommunicated and formally forbidden and, you know, use a sort of language of censure. But that doesn't mean that the same points can't be made in a pastoral way, especially when they're for the good of that individual politician. And I think this is a debate we're going to see played out great length at the next U.S. Bishops' Conference meeting in in Baltimore in November. That was Dr. Ed Condon of Pillar. And now, did you think you were going to escape? Just some brief thoughts from me. Two thoughts, in fact. First, Francis's brief burst of plain speaking should not delude conservatives or traditionalists into thinking that he's their friend or that he's changed his basic modus operandi of undermining them at every turn and directing snide comments at them. When he visited a Marian shrine in Slovakia, he said, For the Slovak people, Mary is a model of faith, a constant pilgrimage to seek the Lord. In making this journey, you overcome the temptation of a passive faith content with this or that ritual or ancient tradition. That, unless I'm much mistaken, is a jibe at the Latin Mass Brigade, and he used the Blessed Virgin Mary as a peg on which to hang it. Stay classy, Your Holiness. But for Slovakian Catholics, the biggest story of the papal visit was a surprise, a shock, 
a scandal even. In 2012, Benedict XVI deposed the Bishop of Trinava, Robert Bezac, who was accused of creating a network of gay priests and, by his opponents, who shouldn't necessarily be believed, of living a gay lifestyle himself. Since his sacking, Bezak has been teaching religion in a Protestant school. The Slovakian bishops were united in not wanting him back. So you can imagine their shock on learning that Pope Francis wanted Bezak to concelebrate the final mass of his Slovakian visit. Indeed, Francis and Bezak have struck up a friendship. The Slovakian bishop was in the Vatican earlier this year to dine and concelebrate with the Pope. I'm not going to jump to any conclusions, but just say that this business throws a rather interesting light on Francis's concept of synodality. But my second point is that the Pope's forthright denunciation of abortion shouldn't be dismissed by conservatives, or indeed any Orthodox Catholics, as just another example of Francis throwing a scrap in their direction while plotting their eventual downfall. My sense is that American liberal Catholics are deeply disappointed that the Pope should have been so polemical on this topic. And I base that hunch on a little video clip of the Pope's in-flight interview put out by the pompous and woke Jesuit periodical America magazine. The caption introducing the clip says, Today Pope Francis responded to a question about denying communion to pro-choice politicians. And it picks the bit where the Pope says he personally has never denied communion to anyone and says he personally doesn't know if any of the people he gave communion to were pro-choice politicians. That's the sort of thing America magazine is happy for its readers to hear. But all the stuff about abortion as homicide and the resulting excommunication, that didn't make the cut. It was excised, Soviet-style, by the Jesuits of America magazine. Anxious, perhaps, not to upset their bien-pensant readers, but also not to upset President Joe Biden. Perhaps somebody should tell Pope Francis that his fellow Jesuits at America magazine have censored him. I don't think it would go down very well. <laughs>